Welcome back to About Last Night. I'm your host, Anna Wiest, an advocate for justice, with Francis Garcella, reporter for The Daily Item. Today, we are bringing you some news about local cases that are hot topics and asking for your opinions on how we should move forward with the show. Small town crimes sometimes go less noticed by the media and, therefore, the public. About Last Night is bringing these cases to the forefront to get the attention that they need and deserve. This season will cover several cases, some old, some new, all of which justice has yet to be served. It's a Sunbury woman who went missing uh, in April of 20. The missing persons case of Corey Edgar. Uh, the death of Matthew Hoy. The missing persons case of Tracy Crow. We are covering these cases and more. All small town crimes that we are bringing to the forefront. This is About Last Night, a true crime podcast. Produced by Harv Productions, LLC. All right, guys, today we are going to talk about a couple different things, some current things that are going on, because it's been kind of crazy, hasn't it? There's a lot. There's a lot going on. So what I kind of wanted to start with, I'm watching Fran wincing in pain. Tell everyone what's going on with you. Um, a little bit of an injury, a little bit of a back issue. So we're going to get that situated. So last week quickly. we were recording and Francis can't like bend over to pick up Junior. And he's kind of limping around and kind of like on my back hurts. And I'm like, hmm. And then he went to the doctor. I have a compressed... Uh, discs multiple so been a little bit of pain but we're gonna get through it so after we record he's heading back to the doctor correct <laughs> so all right tell me what happened on sunday well as i was sitting here i started getting phone calls and seeing messages all over the place that they evacuated walmart uh in sealands grove and the reason being is because somebody decided to call in a threat uh, it turned out to be uh, some sort of bomb threat. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, you have people that that need to be in Walmart on Sundays. You have people that need to be out there getting their groceries and the supplies and whatever they need for the week. And this is just a, a big pain in the ass for people. And it's it's just so uncalled for and meaningless. And it's and you know they're not a joke anymore. And I you texted me and said, yeah, no. JB, my boyfriend JB and I were at Dick's Sporting Goods. And somebody walks by and is like, oh, there was just a bomb threat at Walmart. And GB overheard it and he said something to me. So immediately I'm texting Francis, what's going on at Walmart? And he texts me back, yeah, there was a bomb threat. And I, when I first saw it, I'm like, why Walmart? Like of all places. Because like that's, that's where people so, are. So they try to make the biggest like, noise. There was a bunch uh, late last year in Shimokin that happened at their Walmart. Just stupid. It's just nonsense. And they're going to get caught. I mean, eventually they will get caught and... And it's that they're acts of terrorism, in my opinion. So they should be charged as that. So we had that. What else is coming up? Got a lot of stuff coming up, especially in Northumberland County, which is now comparable to some major counties as far as murder, murder trials, murder cases. And I know that uh, this summer you're going to be involved in a bunch of them as far as covering some and coming to check out the 
the life of in, in a day of covering one of these things. And, and uh, two of the biggest ones that are going to be coming down the road are two actual death penalty cases that are in that are going to be here in the county. And that's very rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should say it's extremely rare. Uh, never, never been done here in the county. So uh, District Attorney Tony Matalevich has a has a uh, a tall task uh, on his hands here with uh, to get ready for it. And uh, obviously he is, you know, he knows the way around the courtroom. So but these are very hard cases to do. And one of them is Jose Colon, a guy out of Shimokin who uh, allegedly well, he's facing criminal homicide for allegedly shooting Cassandra Ortiz of Shimokin. This is a case from 2018. And with all of the continuances uh, by the defense uh, and getting it on, on a, for a jury selection and getting it on the court calendar, that's all coming up. Uh, so looking for like in June to get that started. And uh, he also, during a seven hour standoff, was shooting at uh, various police, uh, city police and state police. Eleven times he fired at police. So that's wow. another eleven uh, counts Uh, in this case, so it's just a lot. In June, Jose Colon, a 46-year-old from Shemokin, Pennsylvania, will face 65 counts, one of which is the homicide of 23-year-old Cassandra Ortiz, who was shot in February of 2018. Colon allegedly confessed to this crime back in 2018. The second death, death penalty case that's coming up is Matthew Reed, who was a guy who was living in a homeless shelter here in Sunbury, Pennsylvania, and uh, decided that he was mad, allegedly, police allege anyway, that he was mad over a car deal. And he drove out to a home in Snydertown and he killed three people. One of them was a 17-year-old kid. It could, just because he was mad? It was mad over a car deal. It was a dispute over a vehicle purchase. Did he know the people? Police. Yeah, he knew the people. They were selling him a car. Or they tried to get the car back. Uh, I mean, more of that will come out of the trial. But this is what police allege. And they, and they said he walked in and shot all three of them. Matthew Reed is accused in the June 2021 killings of 58-year-old Susan Williams, 59-year-old James Dickon, and 17-year-old Paul Dickon. Police allege that a dispute over a car deal caused Reed to shoot the three individuals. Reed allegedly confessed to the crimes. So for people who don't know, what has to happen for the death penalty to be, to be on the table? There's 12 different uh, mitigating ish, uh, factors that, that could be robbery is one. Uh, there, there's a bunch. You'd have to actually look them up. But yeah. robbery is, is one of them. Uh, and and. That's how you get into a death penalty case. But it's very hard because the jury is all there's juries that have to really be. It's like aggravating circumstances or something. Yes, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. There's 12. I think there's 12 various Mm -hmm. ones. Uh, Because in research I've been doing for another case that we're putting together a whole season on. I've been reading a lot about different death penalty stuff and what what um, the prosecution has to have in order to pursue the death penalty in cases. It's a lot, mm-hmm. but, but you can also, there's ways to get that in there because it's, I, like I said, I know robbery was the biggest one while doing it. And there's just so many mitigating factors with it, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's two in a County and that's a lot. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. a lot for a small little County. Let's clear a few things up about the death penalty in Pennsylvania. 
there are 18 aggravating circumstances that would allow for a prosecutor to pursue the death penalty in a murder case. This list includes instances where a victim was held hostage by the defendant for a reward, the defendant was paid or was promised payment for committing the crime, the victim was under 12 years of age, the defendant has been convicted of another murder, and the list goes on. Mitigating factors, on the other hand, may lessen the severity of a crime and the resulting punishment. According to Pennsylvania state law, mitigating factors include instances where the defendant was under extreme mental duress, or the defendant had no significant criminal history, among other things. Francis isn't an attorney, and I kind of put him on the spot there, so sorry for the confusion. Merle Miller is in our county, but is the death penalty... No. No. Uh-uh. Death penalty's not there. should meet the criteria. Now, there's also uh, another case here that I'm not sure what's going to happen with this one, but you have uh, three people, uh, Thomas Huffman, Dorothy Huffman, and their nephew, uh, a 17-year-old boy, Caden Kozer of Watsontown, who police say they allegedly beat uh, Richard Jameson to death with fists and a wooden paddle. And then they buried him in the backyard for two years and let him there. What? This was in Watsontown. What? And they buried him. How did they fi- How did they find this guy? So uh, one of the people that was inside the house had come to her senses, I guess, and had called police and let them know. And a dig began. And apparently, I don't, we don't know the results of that dig, but apparently they must have found something because all three were arrested. And in the criminal complaint, they buried him in a wooded area behind the house and continued to live there through the pandemic and into 2021 and 22. So it's more than two years the guy was buried in the ground. So Uh, what kind of evidence did they have that these people had well, the guy went missing. I mean, the guy was Well, missing. yeah, I know. But how do they know? Like, they beat him with fists and a paddle and whatever. So there was other witnesses that were in the house. Oh, okay. And ended up telling police. Just because it's years later. So for me, I have to think about, okay, like, how did yeah. years later? Yeah, it's not they like they would see it. bruising on the fist no, from no, no, years ago. They like they based it off of the, the reports that they got from witnesses, alleged witnesses right. that were in the house. And then they set up a couple of uh, recorded phone calls to people and... uh they were, wow. so yeah, I got to hear some of that in court when they did the preliminary. 44-year-old Thomas Huffman, 45-year-old Dorothy Huffman, and their nephew, 17-year-old Caden Kozer, allegedly killed 55-year-old Richard Jameson II by beating him with fists and a wooden paddle. Police say that they buried him in the woods behind their house. An individual came forward to police in July of 2022 and indicated that Deborah Walker told them about the crime. Walker said she had temporarily lived in the home. We'll be right back. Sholly Insurance Agency is an independent insurance company that has been family owned and operated since 1985. When you enter their branches in Lewisburg and Sealands Grove, you will be welcomed by local agents who understand your needs and want to help you find the right coverage at the best price. Locally based and community oriented, Sholly Insurance will help you protect what you love. Head to sholleyagency.com for more information. Sholly Insurance Agency, we are here to help. 
There are several other homicide cases in this area that will be brought to trial throughout 2023. So when are all of these trials coming up? They're going to be all spread out through the year. Uh, I think the first one that's coming up is going to be... I think it's there. There's a bunch. We have uh, Stephen Krusky, who's accused of running over and killing his ex girlfriend uh, in Cole Township. Who? In yeah. Twenty twenty one. What was that girl's name? Uh, her name was Cheyenne Schwartz. She went to school with us. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah. We all heard about that, and we were like, "Oh my god." Yeah. Now, you, obviously, all these everybody's innocent, so they're all you know they're all pleading. That's why they're taking these trials. But right. So he's accused of that. He's coming up. Uh, Lisa Carlaza. She's a uh, girl from Mount Carmel Township. And she's accused of stabbing her husband on July 4th of 2021, killing him. Yeah. Uh, you have Christopher Depka. He uh, allegedly killed his mother with a baseball bat in 2021 in Shimokin. Uh, you have Corey Quincy. He's accused of killing Rhonda Pierce with a sword in what? April. Oh that went right through God. her. You have two right here in Sunbury alone, which is uh, a Johnny Yeruhu, which a lot of people know Johnny Yeruhu here. His family uh, is well known. And uh, he's accused of shooting Kareem Jakes inside the Penn Jersey Mart. That was over the summer. Uh, in, well, actually, in the spring, I guess, of last year. Uh, that has drawn a lot of attention in Sunbury because of the families. Uh, you also have another one uh, that happened just in the fall here in September, Randy Easton. Uh, he is accused of gunning down uh, Joey Rice, which is uh, a name that a lot of people know around here from his family, uh, you know, and he, there was an argument that was outside of a bar. It's actually down the street from a bar. I shouldn't say that it was down the road, but I guess they, they were in there and arguing and came outside. And uh, he's accused of shooting him in the back while he was going. So there's a lot. I mean, that, that's just here. And then obviously you have the Merle Miller case. Uh, there's another one in Snyder County. This is uh, this uh, Brad Baylor. He allegedly fatally shot his wife in Sealands Grove. So there's just a lot of. It seems like it's more violent crime, and I think we're gonna we're gonna get. Uh, District Attorney Matt Levich back on with us to talk about the, obviously he can't talk about the cases, but he can talk about the fact of all these violent crimes that are taking place in the Valley. So, mm -hmm. so I know the interesting ones for you because you are, the more you see these, the more you're getting into the, into the bizarre uh, part of it. And I'm sure you're going to be all over and we're going to do, we're going to do uh, a whole episode or two on the Watson Town case where they buried, well, allegedly buried in the yard. I'm going to tell you right now what I'm kind of thinking. I'm going to tell you right now on the record. So you know that I had been toying with the idea of doing a second show because this about last night we were kind of launched it focusing on cold cases on past stuff. And I said, maybe we should do a second show. That's all current news. I've been working on another season of a cold case. I know you know what that is. I'm not sure if I'm ready to put that out right now, what it is, but I have been working on that for about last night. Do we think we should launch a second show with all these new cases coming up? Maybe you guys should tell us. Would you guys listen if we launch a second show? That's all current news that we do weekly episodes of what is going on in the area 
right now? Yeah, I think they would. I mean, I've heard from people that, you know, literally I was in court covering uh, the jury selection for Mel Miller. And uh, I mean, thank you for the people that came over and said they listened to the show. And and I think they use it as excuses to get out of being jurors. But but whatever the case may be, they are listening and, and we appreciate it. we're not here to do that or cause any aggravation, any trial. Right. But but people are entitled to the news. And and let's face it, Anna Weist is now a name in the newspaper. So she always oh says reporter, gosh. but she's a name in the newspaper now. She's out there covering all the it's funny because she covers all the nice fluff and then gets on here and talks about all the hard news. So so message her and tell her to get out there and start hitting some of the some of the get in the trenches a little bit and see some of the craziness that's going on. So, yeah, you guys let us know. It wouldn't take us long to launch a new show because I've kind of already designed everything for it because I I was really thinking we should do it for a while. And now I'm kind of back to thinking that we should have two because, you know, if I want to be running this cold case that I've been working on at the same time as some of this current stuff, which is what it seems like is how that would play out. Yeah, and it's not that you're not, not going to give up on any cold cases, but they're very hard to continue on. So we're, no. we are, we are, there is a bunch here. We, uh, there's a couple that people don't even know about. There's a it's just with the cold cases, what I have found in producing them is you kind of have to work on them and work on them for a little bit and not be putting stuff out every week and then kind of launch it as a season. So there would be some dead time in between seasons where I work on it, where we work on it and put stuff together and kind of produce it and then launch the season for, you know, a month or two. And it, and it takes time, like you said, because it you want to get this stuff accurate. And I know that we're going to be doing, and I know we're going to be doing a lot of, uh, uh, cases that people haven't heard of. Uh, yeah. there was a, there's a, uh, case of a, of a biker that was found out in, out in the coal region. There was a case of a baby that was found out in the coal region. So there's a lot of cold cases out there that people may not even remember or have heard of. Mm-hmm. So, but they take time because you got to do the research and, and we had talked about that going in. So yeah, I think you have a great idea there is to, is to keep people updated that may not be seeing some of these things or at least give them the opportunity once they hear it to jump online and go read up and catch up and, know what's going on in your in your area Mm -hmm. so you guys let us know is it something we should look into as you've probably realized throughout this episode 2023 is going to be a busy year for northumberland county and the surrounding area in terms of upcoming trials and continuing coverage on violent crimes if you're interested in a podcast that keeps you updated on these types of things reach out and let us know. You can find us at Harv Productions LLC on Facebook and Instagram, or check out our contact page on our website, harvproductionsllc.com. Either way, we will continue bringing you new info on what's going on in central Pennsylvania.